Forbes. And I'm Sarah Cuvion. And this is Let the Good Crumbs Roll. And it's good to be back, y'all. Um, Finally. We have had, Sarah went out of town, mm-hmm. but while she was out of town, we came, I, I had three kids test positive for the flu over 10 days. Yeah. Including Cade. And the he baby. was, yes, he was sick, sick. Like we've been back and forth. To, he had the flu, he had an ear infection, and he had something called bronchiolitis. Oh. Was it like, which I get confused, but like he had like phlegm going in his lungs, but it wasn't pneumonia. <gasps> no. Yes. I don't Poor know. Poor baby. Ugh. It's been a hot mess. Yeah. Uh, Sarah went to Disney World. I uh, did again. I, I'm good thing you went, uh, what, a couple weeks right. ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where, I mean, they were, they fared well through the hurricane, Hurricane Ian and everything, but mm-hmm. the coastal cities that took the direct hit are just pretty much devastated. Yeah. And it's, it's horrible. Well, send in thoughts and prayers to. Yes, absolutely. Cause we know what we it's know like. We know all about that. Yeah. We know what it's like to go through hurricanes and experience and flooding that kind and, of devastation. So. And you'll, your city will come back to life. Yes, I promise. Absolutely. It may just take time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to uh, keep it pretty short and simple this week. Uh, yeah, we're doing one of our absolute <laughs> favorite shows. Yeah, because this is we love Who the Bleep Did I Marry for mm-hmm. one because they're really short. Yes. <laughs> which is which comes like it's helpful because when we get sick or we're busy or something, you can just whip them out like no problem. But not only was your whole crew sick, me and Olivia were sick. Did y'all have the flu or was it just it wasn't? It was just like bad sinus infections. Mm-hmm. I'm still like coughing. So I'm yeah. if I cough, y'all, I'm sorry. Oh, it's just you're forgiven. <laughs> the e- the edit button will exactly, come in handy. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, who the bleep did I marry? Kind of brings its own sense of humor. Yeah, especially the one so we're doing ridiculous. today. I don't know if you watched it, but it is it is like a lifetime movie with all the drama. I did not watch it, so <laughs> okay. I'm excited to hear all about it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's just get into it because you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I, I cannot believe this is real life. <laughs> okay, this is Who the Bleep Did I Marry, Season 1, Episode 1, The Defector and the Divorcee. So this episode, this is the very first one from in 2010. If I told you what, if I told you the whole synopsis of this thing, you would, you would call BS. You would th- say, there's no way this is real. But in 1992, Cuban exile Ana Margarita Martinez is living in Miami, Florida. She's twice divorced and has two small children. She doesn't really date. She's, you know, she's a single mom. She's not really looking for Mr. Right. And so she was not expecting to meet Juan Pablo Roque in church one Sunday morning. Anna had practically given up on meeting Mr. Right when Cupid struck in the most unusual place. I went to church one Sunday morning as usual, and I met Juan Pablo Roque. He was a Richard Gere lookalike. And there, there was something mysterious about him. He's a pretty good-looking guy. Like, of course, uh, like, in church. Yeah, I know, right? He's a good-looking guy. Like, they didn't really do any reenactments, so they just showed, like, him. And he's a handsome little fella. Um, <laughs> how, how could he not be with the name of Juan I know, Pablo? Juan yeah. Pablo. He is actually a defector from the Cuban military. Who, I believe, swam to Guantanamo in order to get here. Um, so it was like a heroic story of escape uh, from Cuba. And his story is like he swam like 17 miles to Guantanamo in order just to get to the U.S. So he hated Cuba. It was this heroic story of escape and his defection was headline news and he became pretty well known all around Miami. And so, of course, like Anna, you know, he's handsome and he's kind of heroic. So she's really impressed with him. And six months after they met, uh, Juan Pablo popped the question. But they wouldn't get married for another three years. So... 
they had a good long while to really get to know each other before they got married. (laughs) But they they got married on April 1st, 1995, which is April Fool's Day. I just remember feeling peaceful. Like, this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. Anna's new husband was already a household name in Miami. And he had become even more popular when he joined the prestigious group, Brothers to the Rescue. And this is like a group of volunteer pilots. They search the Florida Straits for what they call rafters, Mm -hmm. basically like migrants from Cuba kind of just floating on over. And their job is to really spot them and and save them, getting them out the water. So they would fly their own planes, spend their own money on fuel to save lives. And But when he wasn't volunteering, he took odd jobs to make ends meet. And I was kind of surprised he didn't really have a steady job because mm-hmm. he really seems like they make him seem like this put together kind of guy, but he yeah. didn't really have a steady job. So in February of 1996, 10 months into their marriage, Juan Pablo took one like a last minute job in Key West. He was going to go help his friend on a yacht. But Anna didn't want him to go. And she even asked him like, just can you just stay and something told me it was not quite right i was so uneasy with it that i asked him not to do it and um he got angry and so i didn't want to argue about it so i didn't bring it up anymore well the morning after he left anna just has this strange feeling and she ends up like calling him repeatedly like 50 times but she doesn't get an answer his and his stepdaughter was like you know, he's not answering their, their calls. He's not checking on them. And that's really out of character for him. Yeah. Because by all accounts, he's a really caring guy. He really loved them. Mm-hmm. So it was 10 months before he disappeared that she really started to notice, like, maybe he wasn't quite so perfect. He fibbed a little. I noticed that. And, and that was um, one of the things that we argued about. And as Juan Pablo's social circle grew, Ana wasn't always thrilled with the company he kept. She said he fibbed a little, which is, you know, like, what, tr- is, what is fibbing? A yeah. Little? What does what, that entail? What is your definition? But she doesn't really go in like to say like what he was fibbing about. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing they argued about. But she didn't really care for some of the people he hung out with. Like there was one guy. He was another Brothers to the Rescue pilot and he was at their house. But he, it, she kind of started to feel like uncomfortable, like a guest in her own home, because mm-hmm. they would start talking in Russian. What? I know, right? In Russian, of all things. When she asked Juan Pablo, like, you know, what is this about? Why? And she's, he said, he's explaining in a way saying, oh, well, if we don't practice, we'll lose the language. And the two of them had picked up the language because they served in the Cuban military when it was run by the Soviets. So they had, in his I account, mean, like, I, I guess it's plausible, right? I guess, sure. I mean, you know, in the- Russian is such an easy language to just <laughs> right? randomly pick up. Gosh. Anna said he really became manipulative and controlling, but he, of course, balanced it out by doing things that would make her happy, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of her and doing all the sweet stuff. One day, Anna gets a call from her neighbor that says some kids around the neighborhood were trying to break into her house and they ended up like breaking a window. She says that Juan Pablo overreacted he said something along the lines of that was meant for me it's 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 because of me Anna Margarita pressed her husband for more details but he refused to explain himself from that night on Juan Pablo seemed like a different man but he didn't really elaborate like mm-hmm. he was saying that they're coming to get me kind of thing like, exactly so after that incident he became 
really paranoid in his daily life. Like he would wake up in the middle of the night and toss and turn. He was really stressed. But Anna has no idea why. He's not talking. And all he'll say is, oh, it's work related. But mind you, this man does not have a job. Right. Oh, <laughs> so, like, okay. what are we talking about here? And I wonder if she noticed, like, you say it's work related, yet I see no money coming to exactly. the bank account and I pay all the bills. Yeah. Like, where are we? where's that money coming from? Hmm. But she could sense he was keeping something from her, but, you know, she had no idea what. On February 24th, Juan Pablo left for the job in Key West and Anna would never see him in person again. Oh, my God. So after he had been missing for a day, Anna calls a friend. She's like, I don't know what to do. And the friend suggests, well, why don't you look through his stuff, like his belongings, see if there's anything missing or something's just out of now, place. Why does she need a friend to tell her? I know, that? right? She's clearly, just started snooping? She clearly not into true crime because that would have right. been like our first lot. Exactly. Like you married him and you hadn't snooped through I his know, stuff? I know, right? Seriously? But she looks through like his dresser drawers and she finds that most of his clothing, most of his belongings are gone. Oh. And she, but she remembered that he told her that if she needed to move his Jeep, that he had a spare key. And I really don't understand why he emphasized this, but he did. Like he told her multiple times that he's got the spare set of keys. If you need the Jeep, this is where it's at. This is how to get to it. So she's like, she's hightailing it to this. It's in a random parking garage in Miami, not at their house, like you would think. But mm-hmm. so it's in this parking garage. She finds it, unlocks it. And all she finds is like this duffel bag with his whole set of keys and his cell phone. <laughs> and to Anna, this means like, she's like, okay, well, if all of your keys are here, if your cell phone's here, that and means you're not coming you? back. Yeah. So that's where she's at right now. So two days later, Anna awakes to news that several brothers to the rescue pilots were shot down by Cuban missile, like Cuban fighter jets. According to news reports, several members of brothers to the rescue were dead, shot down by Cuban MiGs over the Florida Straits. I mean, four Americans are killed in, you know, two planes by the Cuban government. It's a big story. Everybody was here from every station all over the place. I was like, oh man, could he have been planning to be with them and not wanting to worry us and and he went off on this mission with them and we don't know four pilots were confirmed dead but anna didn't know if juan pablo was one of them so anna and her children are like oh god what if what if he didn't want to tell us that he was doing this and what if he was shot down but another member of brothers to the rescue assures her that juan pablo was not among the pilots flying that day so then a reporter comes to her door and tells her hey you need to turn on cnn and when i did that i saw my husband disembark a cubana de aviación airplane in havana he had his ray-bans on he had his wedding ring on he had the chain and cross that i had given him on and he had his Rolex. Anna's husband was back in Cuba, the very country he said he despised. She sees her husband, alive and well, getting off a plane in Cuba. And it's really confusing to Anna because Juan Pablo always said he hated Cuba. That's why he defected. She's thinking, oh God, somebody forced him to go back. But later that day, he gives a televised interview where he renounces the U.S., all Cuban exiles, and the group Brothers to the Rescue, claiming that this group is a terrorist group. He just appeared on Cuban television saying that what Cuba had done was stop a terrorist attack. I knew this wasn't true. And I could not understand why he'd say these things. But Anna 
not believing this. She's like, he's being forced to say those things. She even told her mom, she's like, he looks like he hasn't slept in days. They're brainwashing him. But a a U.S. counterintelligence officer comes on the screen and he tells us that when Juan Pablo said the phrase that he had penetrated brothers to the rescue, that that is apparently in the intelligence world, um, that's code for I'm a spy. Yeah, and uh, maybe the Russian he was speaking? Yeah. Like he's maybe a communist? I don't know. So officials are convinced that it's not a coincidence. Juan Pablo disappeared three days before this incident, and by volunteering previously with Brothers to the Rescue, he had plenty of knowledge of the ins and outs of this group, like their routines, their flight patterns. The shootdown had been premeditated, and they're convinced that Juan Pablo is a central figure in this incident. That's according to officials. But Anna, not believing it, is still standing by him. Now, there was a published article in some magazine or newspaper where they asked Juan what he missed most about the U.S. And he said, his Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> like, not what? not my wife, not my stepkids, like, my Jeep. That's it. Oh, oh my God. Which, I mean, has to feel like a shot in to the heart on for her. Like, you know? yeah, anytime you think like, man, I've had, I've dated some shitty guys. I know. Yeah. At least you didn't date like a defector. I know. <laughs> right? Who publicly announced that the only thing he misses is his crappy Jeep. I know. But even still, Anna believes that he's only saying this to protect her. She's like, well, the Cuban government would get really mad at him if he said that he missed his wife. You so, know what I would do if I was on him? What? I'd take that Jeep to a cliff and I'd film it, <laughs> put it like a brick on know, the thing, right? and then send it to him. <laughs> right. Your Jeep went bye-bye. But the rest of Miami believes that he is, in fact, a spy. So even his story of swimming 17 miles to Guantanamo isn't holding up. But for Anna, it's hard to accept. You know, you've known this man for years. You've Girl. shared everything, and it's you can't believe this isn't the person that you married. She says that the process of accepting him as a spy, it was a long process, which I can imagine. I mean, realizing that everything he told you four years together, it's all a lie. Can you imagine her girlfriends? I know, right? They're just like, he's a spy, Anna. Yeah, it's just part of his mission. You need to like get over it. That might be the name of the episode. (laughs) He's a spy, Anna. (laughs) Lord. I know, right? Can you imagine what Elsa would say? Oh, I know. You can't marry a man you just met or one that's a spy. (laughs) (laughs) No, that might be the name of the thing. What would Elsa say? (laughs) What would Elsa say? 1998. Anna had her marriage to Juan Pablo annulled. But now enough time has passed and Anna is mad. I guess so. And I cannot believe what happens next. This is like my favorite part. She sues the Cuban government for rape and wins $27 million in damages. And I'm sure the Cuban government just willingly paid her. Oh, no. for Absolutely not. Yeah. So in the state of Florida... Rape is defined as sex without consent. And since Anna's consent was procured fraudulently, it's not valid. So, like, in my mind, I was, like, slow clapping this woman. I was like, good on you. Yeah. So the reason the lawsuit is focusing on the Cuban government is because he, like, Juan Pablo was acting under their direction 100% of the time. He would not have been able to marry her unless the Cuban government gave their permission. 
So, I mean, obviously, an unsuspecting wife is the perfect cover mm-hmm. for a spy. So Juan Pablo is, of course, a hero in his home country. He's protected by Cuba. He was promoted to lieutenant colonel and relocated to a really fancy house. But if he, he is a wanted fugitive of the United States. So if he does step foot out of Cuba, we can grab him. But to my knowledge, I googled him and he's still in Cuba. We know, Anna, you can legally go to Cuba, if I understand. And now. I, you probably could buy like a dart gun when you go there like a paintball <laughs> gun and go chase them down and just pop, 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 pop. right so um at the end of this this episode now mind you this was in 2010 they said anna is single in florida but she still holds out for true love she said she doesn't want to spend her life you know doubting people which yeah. is great great for her but of course juan pablo is still a fugitive i did google it and she has been able to collect about $200,000. Good for her. Um, because they basically, like, if there's a downed Cuban plane or something, the U.S. will seize it. And that's been going to her mm. reward yeah. amount. Like so, reward, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, restitution she will never get her $27 million, I yeah. doubt. Hey, but $200,000 ain't that's bad. That's something, you know? know? Yeah. Yeah. So that is the crazy story of Ana, what is it? Ana Marguerite Martinez. Yeah. And Juan Pablo Roque. Well, Sarah, that was a good one, y'all. Yeah. It was a, we're I getting really back into the one. grind. The weather here has been gorgeous. Oh, my um, gosh. We probably got, like, here in Louisiana, we probably get, like, maybe two weeks of fall. Yeah. Maybe two weeks of spring. So we're, like, halfway through yeah. our fall season. Right. So. Well, it, this is the earliest it's ever come, yeah. I feel like. I so. can't believe it's been, like, this cool this early. Yeah. And sending prayers to our people in Florida. Yes. We, we've been there for sure. And it's just, it's really, it's depressing when you go like mm-hmm. seven days, two weeks with no electricity. Oh, yeah. Your neighbors, you know, yards are torn up and houses are destroyed. It's just, it's, it's I horrible. I mean, for Ida, my power was out for a week. Mm-hmm. But I was still lucky because my parents were only out for 24 hours. So yeah. I was still able to go there. Yeah. But still, like, that's just awful. I know. Well, all right, y'all. Well, we are going to get back into it and we will see y'all next week. Bye, guys.